0: In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in, our midst. He is in our midst. Behold, I bring glad tidings of great joy. My brothers and sisters in Christ, rejoice. Today is officially named, rather obviously, the Sunday before Nativity. But it is named this because this particular day always has this reading, and while the genealogy is rather, you might say, front and center, and as I was pondering um, what to share with you, I kept coming back to the hymns of this feast that is coming up, and it seems that this Feast of the Nativity is so filled to overflowing with joy. And if there's anything that we all need, and that this world needs, is the joy of Christ's incarnation, of him becoming one of us so that we might partake of him and be saved. Now, I don't want to overlook this list of the genealogy of Christ. It's a big list, that takes us through so many of the stories and the people and the personalities of the Old Testament. If we were to look in Luke's gospel, the same similar genealogy starts with Adam and goes all the way through. And today, we commemorate all of the people who were well-pleasing to God from the time of Adam all the way to Joseph. And what is significant about this? That when we look at the lives of all these people, they do not stand alone, but they have really one purpose, and that is to point to the plan of God. The incarnation of Christ, Jesus Christ taking flesh, did not happen as an afterthought, it was the forethought. It was the plan of God from the beginning. And this elegant and messy and long, we get to see that the Lord has been working through all of history for our salvation. The Lord has been working through all of history for your salvation. Through him becoming a man like us. So I would like to focus Our look at today's gospel on the last part. It says, get myself together here. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, if we are carefully reading this, we realize, wait a minute, Joseph didn't know. His wife is pregnant. Now, if you remember from the Gospel of the Annunciation, where the angel Gabriel visits the Virgin Mary, and he tells her, rejoice, and that she's going to be with child. What does she do immediately? It says she immediately left to the hill country of Judea and spent three months in the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth, her cousin. So for the first three months of her pregnancy, she's not with Joseph. And she comes back and there's no sense that Mary and Joseph had a conversation about this. These are not a modern American couple that might talk about these things. We can imagine that these people in antiquity, men and women, especially an older gentleman, maybe 40 or 50 years old, and a young maiden, maybe 15 or 16 years old, are not going to have a conversation about the state of her body. And so, at some point, apparently, she was found to be with child. Mary, as it says in other parts of the scripture, as she did throughout her whole life, she cherished all these things in her heart. So we don't get a sense that she told Joseph what was happening inside of her, though she knew. So as he's considering, he gets a message that will be unarguable. Behold, an angel appeared to him in a dream saying Joseph son of David do not fear to take Mary your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit she will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins and most of you know the name Jesus Yeshua means Savior he who saves And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, it's interesting. It says his name shall be called Emmanuel, but the angel says to call him Jesus. Why didn't they call him Emmanuel? Well, it doesn't say that he should be called Emmanuel, but that the people... The world will call him Emmanuel, as in his life he reveals himself truly to be God with us. Now, the angel tells Joseph essentially what is the ultimate purpose of the incarnation that is, that he will save his people from their sins. This is the purpose. But why this way? Why does he do it this way? Certainly our God could have saved us in another way. Why does he choose the Most High God to humble himself and to be put on flesh, human flesh, and become a baby? Now I'd like to share with you something that maybe many of you received in the Christmas card from um, Gerontesa and the sisters at St. John the Forerunner. There's a beautiful little piece, I'll share an excerpt of this. It it is from St. John Popovich, and it's what they included in their Christmas card this year. And if I've already spoken too many words, then listen to these and let them penetrate your heart. Christ, our God, was born on earth as a man. Why? In order to reveal the purpose of our birth with his birth. The purpose of our birth is revealed in his birth. God became a man so that man could become God. God became a man so that man could become God. That is, so that we could be like him. Behold, these words embody the entire mystery of the wondrous nativity of the God-man on Christmas Day. These words embody his entire gospel and his church and everything in it and all the holy mysteries and all the holy virtues within them and all of the holy divine energies which we know and experience as his grace. Since the nativity of our Savior on earth, the whole fullness of the Godhead, the entire God is bodily present in our own humankind so that we can be filled with this fullness of the Godhead. In this way, we can accomplish the purpose which God himself established for humanity, for our human existence, for our human life, the only true and immortal purpose for you and me and every man. This is the purpose of our life. That we would be like him. That we would become like him. And how we accomplished this was to join his nature to our nature. Now this is the good news. This is the glad tidings inspires great joy. Everything surrounding this feast of the Nativity should inspire joy and be accompanied by an experience of joy. Now, in his commentary, or rather his homily, um, St. Nikolai Velomorovic says this, pointing out just how imbued with joy This feast is. The archangel greeted the Holy Virgin with the word, Rejoice. His words to the shepherds are similar. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. When the wise men saw the star over the cave, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Christ is the essence of the inexpressible joy. Thank sure. you. So it turns out that the word rejoice and the word joy obviously are forms of the same word. They're actually forms of almost the same word as the word grace. Rejoice in the Lord. All. When? Always. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Again.